With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is time for the NASCAR DFS Strategy Show right here on awesomeo.com. Of course, I am Jason Ford. As always here on the NASCAR Show, I am joined by Ray Sheets Philman. Philman, uh, I know it's a little rainy afternoon here in Tampa, but how you doing, man? Good. It is cloudy and rainy, just the same here in eastern Oklahoma, hoping for the uh, the clouds to lift so I can start my mowing. <laughs> I actually, uh, man, I, I, my front yard was just insane, and so I uh, I finally got my front yard done the, yesterday before it started raining, man. It, it's every afternoon here in Tampa. Four o'clock hits, like four to like six o'clock. It is just, it is rain central here, but yeah, man, uh, excited to uh, sit here and talk a little NASCAR DFS with you. Of course, if you do have any questions, any comments uh, on tonight's race, be be sure to uh, hit those up right there in YouTube. We will get to those. But of course, I always feel as I always uh, I come up with some opening questions that I have for you, just based on uh, the articles that you have over at awesomeo.com. And uh, you know, one one of the things that really stuck out to me of, of something you said, you said it's an odd week for research and analysis. Right, Richmond is. It really is an anomaly track. We we don't have any other tracks on the on the nascar circuit that are three quarters of a mile like richmond is so when it comes to finding a corollary track you could think of martinsville but you know martinsville itself is such a unique track it's smaller too it's half a mile but i mean martinsville is basically just a flat paper clip that the that the guys drive around uh you could go up to our to our our mile long tracks which would be uh, Phoenix and New Hampshire, and I think that's kind of the best thing for what we're what we're looking at this week. But just purely um, shape and length, Richmond is all all by itself. So when it comes to your research purposes, you're looking at these past um, these past Richmond races. Although you could look at look at this as a little bit of a of a wrench, or you know the the fly in the ointment because generally. The, the 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 second Richmond race that that happens around around this time has generally been to close out the the end of the end of the season. So we're a little bit past that. Plus, we didn't get our first Richmond race of the of the season because of COVID nineteen. So this is our first Richmond race. We don't have another Richmond race to compare it to. You know, it it it, it kind of leaves us with a with a couple of with a couple of holes that we have to fill in our process. But that's what we enjoy about this game. Thing that uh, you had, had mentioned uh, in your articles is uh, once again, I don't know why my uh, computer does this, but uh, we'll, we'll adjust that here in a second. Is kind of the aspect of you know, in terms of with NFL DFS being back and what it's going to be like. I don't know if that's any better, Phil, but uh, I don't know why my mixer does this to me every week. Right, right, right when we get started with the show, man. Hey, Phil, you got me?
Check, 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 check. Phil, I do not know why this happens every week when we do this show, but for some reason, uh, I guess as I'm not get, I'm not that familiar with uh, with Windows machines as uh, it, it, it adjusts my audio uh, at very weird moments. God bless Bill Gates. Yeah, no, I'm I'm an Apple guy, man. I'm an Apple guy. I've got everything Apple, but in terms of producing for whatever reason, I got to use a Windows machine. So yeah, man, I, I'm not. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have to figure that out exactly what what is going on there. But but getting back to the races, you know, one of the other things that you wrote about was dominators and exactly how many do you roster? How many do you not roster? Yeah, um, you know, last week the big discussion because we had a 367 lap race was about was about dominators and we were looking at that two to three window and up until the very end of the race it was definitely a two dominator race between chase elliott and martin truex jr and then truex tried to move to take the lead that he thought would work out and it ended up taking both him and chase out and then kevin harvick ended up winning a race that he had no business actually winning um this week, 400 laps. We're looking at a again at a minimum of two dominators in tournaments. You can move that line up to three, four. DraftKings. I don't think moving your line to three dominators on FanDuel is, is optimal. And you know, there there will be some discussion about possibly a fourth dominator. But if you look at these past uh, races at Richmond, where there has been a fourth dominator. The, that fourth driver that's leading at least 10% or more of the laps, he's only leading about 40, 45. So when you consider what that turns into for dominator points, you're only talking about, um, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 20 points extra. And generally, you know, if you've got a driver that's, you know, 10K, 11K, and you only give them 20 extra uh, bonus points, yeah, you know, a 65-point day is, is good, but it's probably not going to be optimal when you consider, you know, fantasy points per thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's some you know things to, to think about there. Uh, you know, obviously, we're, as we go on throughout this this show, we got to bring up once again the the Ricky Stenhouse Jr. pricing as we talked about that last week again. The difference uh, in between when we're talking about DraftKings or or we're talking about FanDuel and kind of looking at you know who do we want to have exposure to maybe on one side as opposed to the other side, but. Of course, uh, we do like to break this one down into tiers, and we're going to kick it off by talking about the tiers in terms of tier number one, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., Chase Elliott, and Brad Kaslowski. All these fighters are in the 11K and 10K range on DraftKings. Uh, you know, look at Denny Hamlin, 11-6, uh, Harvick, 11-3, Martin Truex Jr., 10-9, Elliott 10-5, Kozlowski 10-1. Now over on the FanDuel side of the things, Hamlin 13-5, Harvick 14K, uh, Truex 13K, Chase Elliott 11.4K, and Brad is 12.5K. So uh, kind of take it with these drivers of kind of what you're thinking here. Okay. Denny, we, we, know, the, we know the script on Denny. Denny, short, uh, when it comes to these short tracks, he's been great, great all, uh, all year. It was kind of surprising to see him not run so well last week but you know the the story with darlington is that you know if you can't get can't get to the lead then you're probably just going to get stuck in stuck in traffic and that was the the problem with uh, denny uh denny is a multi-time previous uh winner here at at richmond although you have to go back uh four years ago to find his last win here at richmond but i mean everything else these last three years third fifth 16th third fifth third average running position of 9.6 so he always kind of finds his way towards the towards the end you know better than what he has been been running he's the only driver in the field in the in the last uh, three years that has a uh, has five top fives everybody else below him has, um, has a maximum of four he's run really really well here the dominator points kind of scare you only averaging 18.5 fastest laps 10.8 uh, laps led per per race you know I, I think the thing with Denny is that you're kind of assured because of how well he's run in these day into night races, how well he's run at, at short tracks. You know, uh, our corollary tracks are Phoenix and New Hampshire based off of the tire package that Goodyear is running. And Denny uh, uh, held the lead for a, a, a good chunk of that race at New Hampshire. 
you know, you, you kind of feel like you're getting at least assured a top three out of, out of Hamlin, but the dominator points, I'm just really not, not too sure of you go down below Hamlin to Harvick. He's our second highest priced driver here on, on DraftKings at 11, three. I feel like that's going to be the play that a lot of people are just going to slam in because Harvick is on the, is on the pole, but Think about the last time that Harvick was on the pole with Joey Logano starting next to him. You have to go back to Kansas, obviously a different type of track, a different type of package. But what what happened? Harvick immediately lost the lead on the very first lap to Logano, and Logano sailed off and knocked off a bunch of, of uh, dominator points. My worry with, with Harvick is – you know, he's kind of like Hamlin has been at this track recently where he's been good, but he's not been a driver that you would really consider a threat to to win. Now, in this in this uh, 2020 season, Harvick's a threat to win every, you know, every time that he that he starts. But my fear is with with Harvick, when you consider all these different different factors, you know, how he you know, he ran well at, at Phoenix, but that was a product of him being on the on the front row. You go forward to to New Hampshire, and you know he was just kind of there. Um, you consider all these different things, and I think like if if you're looking to just play tournaments, you're going to get your cash, you know, games tomorrow tomorrow in NFL. If you're just playing tournaments and you're just looking for for a play to kind of set you apart from the field and get you differentiation, do what I'm doing. I am just completely 100% fading Kevin Harvick. I am not going to have him on a on a single lineup. I am. I'm going to take the stance that on either on the first lap or early on in the race that he's going to lose the lead to Logano. And yeah, he's going to hang around in the top five, but he's never going to be a legitimate threat to actually lead laps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one, one of the questions that we've already got in chat, this is from James, and this is in relation to Kevin Harvick, but also Denny Hamlin as well. He says, uh, James says, seems like Harvick and Hamlin always in the top three. Why? If, that's a question about salary. Then, I mean, that's, that's totally based upon what they've done this season. Cause you're talking about the guys that have the, have the most wins. Um, and you know, DraftKings is always going to bake that into, into their, into their prices. Um, if the question is about why they're starting so close to the front, you know, you have to look at the new way that, dra- that, uh, that DraftKings, that NASCAR is setting the, setting the grid. And so much of it, is based upon what these drivers did did the past week. So I mean, you've got Kevin Harvick who won the race last last week, and where is he starting this week? He's on the pole. Uh, and remember, for the re- for the rest of the playoffs, the drivers that are in the playoffs are always going to start towards the front. So you know, right now during this first round, we've got 16 drivers in our in our playoff bubble. So they're always going to fill the first uh, 16 uh, 16 slots, and then we'll go to the second round. It'll be the the 12 drivers mm-hmm. in the first 12 spots. So, you know, whether it, whether it be the, the starting grid, you know, blame that on NASCAR, whether that be salaries, then blame that on how good the guys have been. Yeah. It's uh you know, when I'm looking at these dominators and I know every week, you know, I typically, I put my NASCAR line after we do this show together, you know, and looking at those dominators, you know, last week I had a lot of Brad Kaslowski. Um, do you, you know, he's starting a ninth here today. Um, you know, what's kind of your take on him at, at where he's starting at, where he could finish and, and in relation to a salary? Yeah, I really, really like Brad. I mean, I know it didn't, it didn't work out la- last week, but I am, I, I'm, I'm more than happy to go back to the well, you know, it's still the same corollary about day into day into night races. Uh, what really, you know, ha- catches my eye with, with Keselowski is, you know, He's run fairly fairly well here at at Richmond over the last three years. His worst finish is, is 11th, and he's got a, a a second place, a fourth place uh, in there too. But the thing that you really need to pay attention to is those corollary tracks. You look at look at Phoenix. He was leading after the 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 second stage break. He led a led a bunch of laps, and he was in line to win the race before Joey Logano passed him, and he would have finished with a probably with a second or third place finish, but there was a late caution that came. And for some inexplicable reason, the, the two team decided to, to pit to get fresh tires and they never made up all that space that they, that they gave up. Then you fast forward to Loudon. Keselowski was the best car. I mean, it was hands down. 
he could drive past anybody. He could drive up to anybody. It didn't matter where on the track. He, he was so incredible, incredibly good. So when I think about those two corollary tracks, that I mean, that just gets me so excited for what Keselowski could, you know, end up doing tonight. Uh, another comment we have, uh, this come from we, the people, he says, true X for all the money. Oh, oh baby. Uh, I mean, if, if someone's going to make me take down the Reddick fat head off of the office and put up a true X, poster i mean that it's he is the the play tonight and it's 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 almost stupid how good he's been here at, at richmond it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You look at his averages. Best driver rating in the field over the last three years, 123.7. That's, you know, that is 11 or 12 points better than the next closest guy, which would be Kyle Busch. You know, um, averaging the the most DraftKings points, you look at his dominator points, 41.2 fastest laps per race, 129.5 laps led per race. In fact, over the last five races, Truex has led over 100 laps in, in each of those five races. He... His team, he himself, they know what to do to get themselves to the to the front. Uh, he's won the last two Richmond races and last year's package. He has just been so incredibly good. You get him with that 14th starting position, so it gives him extra place differential to help boost his score, to help give him a little bit of a floor. You know, if you're if you're playing cash tonight, I think that Truex has to be like the number one dominator option that you throw that you throw in your lineups besides whatever else that you that you do looking at our ownership does the true x junior ownership of 54 percent concern you yeah i mean that's a that's a hard pill to swallow when you're when we're talking about ownership knowing that half of the field basically has you matched with 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 that one guy but god those those numbers are so gaudy. I mean, they are just so they are just so inc- incredible. Um, you know, last last week, different package, different different track. But once again, it was a day and night race. And who was the the driver that led the most laps? It was Truex. Yeah, that's uh, something. And of course, if you want to know those ownership uh, projections that we have right over at Osmo.com, you got to sign up for it. Osmo Plus NASCAR Weekly Pass for nine ninety five. This gets you driver projections, ownership projections. And the top driver, so there's never been a better time for NASCAR DFS. So sign up today. Go to awesomeo.com slash join to sign up today. Uh, you know, let's move on to tier number two. So we, as we look at the drivers that are in tier two, so this is the drivers in the 9K and 8K range on DraftKings. So we've got uh, Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Kurt Busch, Eric Jones, Jimmy Johnson, Eric Almarola, Clint Boyer, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Let, let's first off, let's just mention Stenhouse Jr. because obviously, when I'm putting together my sheet of salaries, the difference in salaries from DraftKings and FanDuel sticks out to me: eighty-one hundred on DK, but sixty-five hundred on FanDuel. Right, and Ricky has put us in a in a tough spot. Like if you're if you're playing tournaments, then I think the obvious decision is just to get off of Stenhouse, whether FanDuel or, or DraftKings, get off of that because, I mean, starting 23rd, it's not like he really has that much, you know, place differential to, to get after. You know, you're not really con- going to consider Stenhouse a threat to, to, uh, to win this race. You know, all those years that he was, that he was at uh, Roush, uh, Roush Fenway, his best, his best finish was fourth in the spring 2017 race, but then everything else, his best finish was the 13th. So kind of like that 13 to 15th is probably the ceiling for, for Stenhouse unless things get, get crazy. Um, I, I have to say that in tournaments, like there are, there are guys above him mm-hmm. that I really like as solid pivots like Almarola and Boyer, or you can even go down to the, to Bowman, DiBenedetto, uh, Byron. Like I, I think like if you're, if you're, if you're playing cash, then you probably just, just eat the chalk and and 
and you know go and go with it especially now that you know this isn't like last week where we've got an eric jones that's near ten thousand dollars that you feel like you just have to mm-hmm. have to slam in there but in tournaments i think there it makes a lot of sense to just either go up or go down and get off of Sten, stenhouse who i don't think really has that much access to a ceiling you know looking at our ownership projections when it comes to this group the two highest ownerships that we have in this group is joey logano and kyle bush uh, breakdown for the listeners, uh, you know, these two guys and, and of course, uh, Kyle Bush at 9,800 and Joey Logano at 9,300 on DK. Okay. Uh, let's talk with the most, most expensive guys. So we've got Kyle Bush underpriced 9,800 ran, ran pretty well, but I mean, that was something that we expected. It was the third race of the season at Darlington had those, had those notes to go off of, you know, he never really kind of got to the, to the lead, but a, a top five finish. That's what we were, you know, kind of hoping for, for Kyle. And he got there. So this week we've got a track that he doesn't have previous race notes for for this year. No practice. But the big thing is because, you know, NASCAR and their weird rules, uh, two lug nuts were loose on Kyle's car at the end of the race. So what do they do? His crew chief gets ejected for this race. So now he's got somebody else filling filling in uh, that role for him. I know Kyle has amazing track history here. His last four finishes have gone second, eighth, first, first. Uh, besides Martin Truex, he's probably been the best best driver here. Um, but when you consider that you know the, no access to the to race notes, no previous driving time here, doesn't have his regular crew chief, which is going to hurt him even further. You know, I, I think you know whatever temptation you had to play kyle in your lineups because he's underpriced i would get off of that now that could easily backfire in, in my face but you know so be it um jo- joey i really like joey like i i like all of the the penske drivers tonight i even like uh, d benedetto because of his affiliation with mm-hmm. with penske logano's won here before he's he's ran here uh, pretty well himself average finish of a uh, 5.8 uh, and starting next to to, to harvick you know what does our ownership say? Is Harvick or is it Logano that's going to be the higher owned? Harvick. Okay. Yeah. I think that the jumping off point and going from Harvick to, to Logano. It, it's substantial too. It's substantial. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, 30, 30% difference. Yeah. I, I, I think pl- playing that, that is a, that is a perfect, perfect example of playing these numbers, jumping off of Harvick and not only because of the ownership but i mean good god the salary you know not having to spend that extra nearly two thousand dollars you know allows you to not have to mingle with so many punts so what i will do i'll just tell you this is kind of an all sports but i'll relate this to nascar so what i'll do is i'll look at alex's projections and then take the that those projections put it in the fancy cruncher then i just run a dummy crunch let me just see what it spits out. And then so, like like Mark Trucks Jr., we've got him at, at over 50% ownership, okay? What what does Fancy Cruncher spit out? Now, look, I, I don't want to sit there and say, you know, if it spits out Mark Trucks Jr. at 75% of, you know, say I've got, I'm putting in 150 lineups. Okay, I want to lower that number. So then that's why I go into exposures and like, so if you're an awesome memory, you have Fancy Cruncher in your account. That is something to do there is when you you know, compare the ownership numbers and then start kind of figuring out to, and really using Fantasy Cruncher to figure out exactly because, look, if you want Martin Truex Jr. a lot and, and say you're playing 150 lineups, if you know the ownership is 50-ish percent, why are you going to have them in 80% of your lineups? Yeah. It, yeah. That's And that's about the best way I can put it. Yeah. you so, Just to get over the field, sometimes you don't have to go absolutely nuts. Exactly. Uh, you know, looking at some of the ownership of, of guys in this category that are under 10%, let me kind of get some of your, your thoughts on these guys. Um, William, uh, excuse me, uh, you mentioned about Eric Jones a little bit. Amarola, is, we've got him under 5% ownership. Uh, Ryan Blaney's under that number as well. Kurt Busch is under that number. Ricky Stenhouse is under that number as well. Uh, I want... I want to like Blaney because of the because of the Penske cor- corollary here. In fact, mm-hmm. you know this is one of the one of the rare times I think like you could roll out a a true Penske stack where you could go Logano, 
Keselowski as your as your main uh, dominators. Add in Blaney as a guy that moves from 15th maybe to the top five, picks up some fastest laps in the process, and then you play Matty D because because of his affiliation with Wood Brothers, and he's 16th. Start, uh, starting 16th at 7,500. So, you know, he's got some, some, some wiggle room there. Um, the, 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 the constant worry with Blaney is these day and night races. I mean, we were kind of worried about it last week and probably, you know, even if you were going to try to take advantage of that low ownership that we were projecting, once you saw that he was going to have to start at the end of the rear of the field because he failed inspection, then you probably got off of him. But, you know, ultimately in, in the end, what happened, Blaney had a horrible night. And I mean, we could very, we could very well see that, see that tonight. Uh, Jones, Jones is like cheaper, ver, cheaper version of of Blaney. He's got a little bit better place differential, nearly a thousand dollars cheaper. And he's a guy that you know you could see sneak into the mm-hmm. sneak into the top five. The guy I want to highlight, you've got both Almirola and Boyer in the the mid to low eight thousand range on on DraftKings. These are guys that have run well in, in this tire package, run well here at Richmond and, you know, could easily find their way into the, into the top five and become a, become a value at, you know, at their price range, you know, because all it takes is Jones and Johnson, you know, really kind of not moving forward. Stenhouse finishing probably 17th to 18th. And if Almirola and Boyer can get you a top five, then that's going to be really valuable. Uh, a couple of questions in relation to these. Uh, another one, Jimmy Johnson, another smash play. Would you agree? You know, Johnson has a few of these of these tracks. Dover has been a track like that, and Richmond the same. Where you know his performance has kind of fallen off at these other tracks. But you look at what Jimmy has continued to do here at Richmond. He's still bringing home top twelves. In fact, over the last three years, he has no finish worse than worse than 12th um, starting 18th he gives you place differential he's a guy that you could comfortably playing playing cash if you if you wanted to and you know jimmy's just he's playing to finish out the finish out the season well in his final season and you know if he has to use a little strategy to get himself to the lead and possibly compete for for a win you know definitely not out of the question uh, Forrest goes, uh, thoughts on Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney in GPP on anticipated low ownerships seems, uh, both seem to be going overlooked quite a bit in the favor of the JGR cars this week. Okay. Oh, uh, you know, we, we've discussed Blaney one love him, but don't know if we can wholeheartedly trust him. Uh, Chase, Chase is another one of these guys that, you know, does well in the, in the evening tonight races. Uh, the, the fears that we had about Chase possibly losing the lead as the pole sitter, they were, you know, they, they were nowhere to, to be found. Now, once he lost the lead, you know, that was a that was another story because Truex was just so much better, better than him. And if they don't wreck, then I mean, Chase has an amazing finish last last week. Uh, last year in the new 750 horsepower package, Chase was all right, 13th and 15th. But in the year before that, which is probably going to be the closer corollary to this race, fourth and second. So you've got, you know, there, there is definitely some upside there with uh, with Chase. And plus, starting 12th, he gives you some place differential to help boost that floor. Before we get into the Tier 3 drivers, do want to let you know about a great promo we got going on right now at awesomeo.com. It's the NFL kickoff flash sale. Use the promo code REDZONE and get also plus NFL weekly pass for 50% off. That's $7.50 for one week of Osmo plus NFL. This gives you access to the Osmo's player projections, ownership projections, top stacks, and so much more. This is a limited limited time offer. It's valid through September the 15th. So head over to awesomeo.com slash join to sign up today. Make sure you use that promo code REDZONE to take advantage of that deal when you're looking to uh, set your get your lineups in for uh, the start of NFL football started on Thursday night. And uh, of course, uh, tomorrow, uh, it all kicks off at uh, one o'clock Eastern time. I'll be uh, obviously working the Buccaneers radio network broadcast. So uh, we're, we're at 430. So uh, it'll be a, a nice long day for me, but uh, great to have football back in our lives. But uh, let's talk about the tier three drivers, uh, a bunch of drivers in, in this tier. Uh, as 7K and the 6K range fi- uh, drivers, we have Austin Dillon, Alex Bowman, Matt Diabeno, William Byron, Cole Custer, Christopher Bell, Bubba Wallace, Ryan Newman, Tyler Reddick, Matt Kenseth, John Hunter, Nemechek, Ty Dillon, 
and Ryan Priest. I do know uh, Jalen had asked a question about uh, about Bell or Reddick. Okay, so this is the question of do we want to save money or do we want more place differential upside? Because Bell is seventy two hundred starting twenty six, but Reddick is three hundred dollars cheaper, but he has four four fewer positions to gain. So when it comes to a question like this, I think you have to ask yourself, who do I see having the having the the, the higher upside out of out of these guys? If New Hampshire is our is our corollary, then good God, it's got to be Christopher Bell. I mean, you guys re- remember back in the days when when Christopher Bell was nearly ten thousand dollars or more every week. Bell started by 33rd, 35th, and instantly moved his way up into the top five. And he was right in there all day until he got too aggressive, cut down a tire, and then he cut down another tire. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. However, Tyler Reddick, just the same, ran really well at, at both, of those, both of those tracks. Um... Quite frankly, I think it, it you're not going to go wrong with, with either with either one. Like if, if it comes down to a one a one v one in your in your in your final cash game lineup, then you're probably taking Bell just because he has you know the four more spots to to gain. But quite frankly, I think really they, they both kind of have the same ceiling th- this week. So the, I think the real question is why aren't you just playing both of them? <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, another question uh, that we got here, uh, I forget who asked about, but asked about William Byron. Uh, starting in, in the five spot, 7,400 on DK, 9,100 on FanDuel. Okay. Byron and Bowman, I'm going to add him to this conversation. They are basically the same, the same driver this week. I mean, it is impeccable. If you go to the race sheets and you look – at their their short track history at Richmond, which would just be four races since they've been racing for Hendrick for two years, it, it's crazy how much these these drivers their numbers mirror each other. I mean, we're talking about everything from fantasy points to driver rating to average finish, average running position. It is, it, it, it's crazy. And here they are: Bowman starts fourth, Byron starts fifth. These guys have way more downside than they have upside, but. You know, this was the, the a question that we had last week about these two, and they managed to kind of just hang around and finish where finish where they started. I think for that that reason, like I would not play both of them in a in a lineup together, but like if you're afraid, if you're in this range and you've got ex, you're, you're you're possibly sitting at Christopher Bell or Bubba Wallace, and you're wanting to get away f- from ownership and you're wanting to go up. But you don't want to play Matt DiBenedetto because you don't, you know, you don't quite frankly trust him. Then, you know, if you've got the money to get up to Bowman, then I might go up to Bowman. But if you only have the money to get up to Byron, great, great tournament play. Looking at place differential, and I know this is something that you wrote about this week on Osmo.com. Bubba Wallace at the thir- starting thirtieth. What's your take on, on on him in this race? He's. He's got so much potential. It's it's crazy. Uh, when you look at his 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 uh his last two years here at Richmond, twenty fifth, twenty seventh, twenty seventh, but then in that that fall race last year, twelfth. So we've seen a little bit of a of a ceiling from Bubba. If we look and see what he's done in this this package so far this year, albeit that it's only uh, two two races. Let me highlight them here. Okay, average finish of 21. So for cash, that, that, that's probably good. Mm-hmm. For, for tournaments, you're going to need better than 20, 21st at, at 7,100. Could he sneak his way, you know, around 15th? Sure. And, you know, he he's kind of the, the big news getter right now for, for NASCAR because it was announced that he's not going to come back to race for Richard Petty next year. So, you know, if, if that narrative matters to you whatsoever, then, then go fly with it. 
but I think for cash, he's a great play. But for tournaments, you're you're gonna you're gonna need like another career night out of Bubba. Uh, you know, some other uh, drivers we really haven't mentioned. How about uh, you know Austin Dillon, who started in third? I, I I can't bring myself to 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 do that play. You know, I, I can I can paint the narrative with with Bowman and and Byron, but Dylan, got you, you're gonna need him to finish top five and pick up some fastest laps in the in the process, and I I don't think you're gonna get that out of out of Austin. We have got similar ownership on on two drivers, and they're both uh, in this range. Or since there is only a two hundred dollar difference between the two. John Hunter Nemechek and Ty Dillon. Who's got the bigger upside? I, I'm going to say Ty, and this is just based on. I I kind of worry about John Hunter. This is his first time that he's going to be at Richmond in a Cup car. You know, he's he's been to to Richmond plenty of other times in the in the Xfinity series. And I believe in the truck series as well, but this is the first time that he's going to see the, this track from, uh, you know, from behind the steering wheel of a of a Cup car. So I worry about about him, his propensity to wreck, and what that's going to look like in his very his very first uh, Cup series race here. If we look and see what John Hunter has done in this package, yeah, it's just two races, but those were also his first two races in in, in Cup in the Cup car, and those right in those races. And his average finish was 30, 30.5. So I think just for the sake of safety, it's probably better going with, with Ty. Ty's average finish in, in this uh, tire package, 18 and a half. So, you know, perhaps there is a little bit of a ceiling to milk out of milk out of uh, Ty Dillon this week. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, we'll move on to tier number four, because we've actually got a couple of questions in relation to tier four and, uh, once again, looking at ownership, uh, so we've got some high ownership uh, for a couple of drivers uh, in this one. Um, Busher's one of them. I know uh, we got we got a question uh, about him a, a little while ago on, on thoughts on him. Some other ones that have good ownership. Uh, Corey LaJoy is up there as well, and Michael McDowell. Busher, yeah. I've got him listed as a as a cash play if you're if, if you're in this range, but quite frankly, I would rather spend up for one fewer spot to gain with with Ryan Priest. Priest has you know Priest ran pretty stinking well in the uh, the New Hampshire race. Now what Priest has done here at at Richmond, thirtieth and twentieth, not so great. But quite frankly, if you look at Busher's last uh, last six finishes here, thirty first, twenty second, thirtieth, twenty sixth, thirty second, seventeenth. So, I mean, Busher really hasn't been that much that that much better in himself. You know, I would be I'd be more tempted to take the upside out of what I saw with Priest at at New Hampshire. LaJoy, I I, I kind of think we're getting to the end of our usefulness with with LaJoy, mm-hmm. and you know, it was especially evident last week at at a at Darlington. You know, I just I don't know how enthused. LaJoy is right now finishing out the season as a as a lame duck, basically. And, you know, I don't know if he's really got any prospects about what he's going to be doing uh, next year. Mm-hmm. Look at LaJoy, what he's done in this in this package. Average finish of 31st. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of odd that uh, Daniel Suarez actually has a better average finish. He's got an average finish of uh, 23.5. Michael McDowell, he's kind of a scary play for tournaments, but he's got an average finish of 17 and a half in the in this package makes him a a a good you know Mm -hmm. tournament pivot and probably like if you're trying to stay away from the punts mcdowell's probably the cheapest guy that you want to have access to uh you know and let me ask you about the drivers who are at the bare minimum price on fanduel three thousand so that's yelly gase davidson hill swanson and huff any of those let's let's just say from gpp aspects do, do any of them have value in your mind? I think this week is definitely definitely a week that if you find yourself down in this range, like don't get heavy on just one guy. Like you're mix it mix and match because none of these guys, when you look at what they've done in this tire package or at Richmond, they're 
none of them like really ex excites you. Nobody in the $3,000 range has an average finish better than, than 34th. So, you know, you're, you're talking about maybe a two, two, three place differential ceiling at most. Mm -hmm. And at a short track like Richmond, you know, these guys could end up, you know, 10, 15 laps down or more. And that's really going to hurt you on a, on a site like FanDuel where you're getting points for, for being on the, on the lead lap. If you're just, if you're taking a stab, I think you go with Yaley. He just continues to be the, the best driver, the fastest car out of this, out of this lot. And maybe, you know, he'll end up with the bet, the, the better finish just because he won't be so many laps down compared to the rest of them. We got noted in the, in the chat uh, about LaJoy being a lock at, at 4K on FanDuel to, to, to allow you to get those dominators. Maybe maybe it allows you to get one more dominator than maybe you could if you were, you you know you had someone, say, in the 7K range. Right. But, yeah, like if you can't get to, to Ty Dillon at 4,500 and you are stuck at, at 4,000 because of the way that you've built your lineup and you don't want to – don't want to change it, then yeah, LaJoy is a, a much better play than than the Yaley, Gase, Davison, Hill, Sorensen, Howe, you know, Brennan, Brennan pull a lot. Uh, Force says, uh, Chase looks like the only Hendrick car capable of dominating these days. It's a shame because I know how bad Jimmy wants to win. Number 48 doesn't get the best equipment anymore. Yeah. Um, it's, it's oddly something that we, that we see is that, even in these top tier teams, there's a hierarchy of who gets what. Um, Matt Kenseth, and we, we didn't bring him up, and probably you don't even need to worry about rostering Matt Kenseth th this week. But uh, it is worth noting that if you have access to the race, the race sheets, you're going to look at Matt Kenseth's previous numbers, and you're probably going to scratch your scratch your head. Like, yeah, Kenseth somehow, and of course he's only raced here three times in the last three years, but somehow. He's got an average finish of 28.7, but he's averaging 84.3 laps led and 32.3 fastest laps. Those go back his last year at at JGR. He he was doing 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 really well at Richmond. It was kind of like the one track that he did well at. But the whole point of bringing Kenseth up is because uh, Kenseth and Kyle Busch said in Kenseth last year that kind of Kenseth's team was getting the. Uh, the, the scraps of what was left over at, at Joe Gibbs. He was the, 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 the final car in the pecking order of who, of who got what. So, you know, there's definitely merit to that point. The chase at Hendrick is getting the, getting the bulwark of, of equipment and R and D. And then probably because Bowman and, and Byron are in the playoffs, it goes to those two guys next. And then Jimmy's, you know, kind of probably fourth on the list. By the way, if you do have any questions, hit those up right now in YouTube or on, on our Slack channel, our NASCAR Slack channel as well. We'll get those questions for you before we get out of here. Uh, Mason says, this is on DraftKings, Phil. Uh, Hamlin, Harvick, or Truex? We're going Truex, and twice on Saturday night. I, is the fathead going above Tyler Reddick? He's kind of covering him up this week. Don't tell Tyler. <laughs> um I'm, I'm playing the fade game with, with, with Harvick. Like generally, you know, I always play enough cash to cover up my, my tournament, my tournaments on, on, on DraftKings. You know, I'm not playing any cash tonight. I'm just going 100% tournaments, you know, whatever happens to my ROI. So, so be it. I'm fading Harvick. I'm not going to play any Hamlin. And if I remember correctly, I may have gone hundred percent Truex. Whoa. hundred percent. Woo. Yeah. And maybe eighty percent Keselowski. I mean, I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. But you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm definitely taking a balls to the wall approach to the night. Um, we talked a little bit about Bubba Wallace, but there was another question about him. Just a, and it was more a, a DraftKings question in terms of Bubba Wallace. Um, yeah, seventy one hundred is a bit much for for Bubba, but I mean, DraftKings is making you pay for his place differential, so. Uh, you know, we mentioned it, probably his ceiling is somewhere in that 12th to 15th uh, place place range. And if he picks up 15, you know, picks up 15 spots, then that's going to be a, a, a good day for him in, in tournaments. But I think he's probably more suited for, for cash lineups 
finishing, you know, somewhere in that, that 20th to 21st range. Uh, it, uh, this was not really a DFS question related, but Forrest mentioned, uh, he says, he goes on a side note, I hope Bubba takes over for Jimmy in the 48 next year, assuming they don't retire it. Obviously, I mean, you mentioned about the news of, you know, of Bubba leaving Richard Petty Racing. Um, you know, just kind of get your thoughts on what Forrest had to say there. Right now, we have just nothing but con- conjecture. To, to, to go off of, but kind of what my initial feeling is, is that when Jimmy retires, the 48 is going to either go away or Alex Bowman is going to get moved from the 88 into the 48. And then the 88 is going to, is going to, is going to go away. As far as what happens with, with Bubba, you know, during, during this, this time of, of COVID-19 and the civil unrest and everything else that has been happening in, in this country. Um, Bubba has, he, he's picked up a lot of, of, of sponsorship. He's done a fantastic job of mm-hmm. putting himself in, in the, in the, in the, I want to say the limelight, but he's basically, you know, done an, an amazing job of presenting himself to people outside of, of NASCAR. And that has really helped entrenched him as a, as a driver, because, you know, if you have sponsorship money behind you, you can basically keep driving until you don't, until you don't want to drive. So with all of this new money behind Bubba, you know, there's a, there's a good chance that we could see him driving the, the, the 42 next year for, for Chip Ganassi, you know, Bubba's already got sponsorship with mcdonald's Ganassi has sponsorship with mcdonald's you combine those two forces together it keeps mcdonald's at ganassi that's one of his major sponsors like if mcdonald's were to leave ganassi uh, you know it that would really that would really um hurt hurt that team now i know a lot of people are going to be upset at that because they want ross chastain to finally get promoted up to the cup series and in a in a competent competent ride and that's kind of been the trajectory that we've been that we've been looking at but you know what what does ross have have behind him he's a aggressive driver that has to be aggressive in order to win races and when it comes to sponsorship he's got a watermelon farm yeah follow the money yeah yeah. follow follow the money i mean that's about the best way to put it you know where's the you know because it's i'll tell you it's just a kind of you know someone who just you know monitors what's going on with nascar with hosting this show when I saw Bubba Wallace was going to be available, I was like, man, that's going to be kind of interesting to see how that plays out for him. Cause I, I would, I would, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, I, as an outsider looking in, I would just seem to think that his negotiating power is going to be in a very good spot to where he's at right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he has, he has so much negotiating power right now that like, even if the if even if it weren't to work out with the with the forty two, well, we we could conceivably go over to the to the forty eight because of the, of the sponsorship. And I mean, if you doubt Bubba's ability, don't hold what he's done in the forty three against him. Just think of what we thought about Eric Almarola all those years that he raced for Richard Petty, and then how good Eric became when he moved to Stuart Haas. Uh, get some other uh, questions uh, before we get out of here. Uh, Boyer or Amarola on FanDuel? Man, that's a that's a toss up because they are they're only three hundred dollars a apart on FanDuel. I'm gonna say go with go with Boyer, and it is definitely narrativey. But, you know, Boyer had the same issue that Kyle Busch did at the end of last week, where he had two loose lug nuts. He's missing his crew chief. But the guy filling in for him is Greg Zipidelli. Greg Zipidelli was the crew chief for Tony Stewart behind when he won all of his championships. He is a, a masterful te- technician. I mean, he is so good when he is when he is calling a race. And with that in Boyer's, you know, in his ear, making decisions for him on, on pit road, I mean, I think that just – it increases the chances that Boyer could end up five, fourth, maybe even third. Yeah. Um, of course, if you do have any other questions, be sure to hit those right now in the YouTube chat or in Slack as well. Got both those up here, uh, you know, coming up in front of me. Um, in terms of some other drivers, I think uh, I just want to go over maybe some of the ones that we really 
you know, haven't mentioned uh, much at all. Do we mention uh, much about Cole Custer? No, Cole's kind of he's not he's in a weird spot. Like I don't have him listed as either a, a tournament or a or a cash play. Um, once again, rookie uh, rookie race at Richmond in the in the in the Cup Series. Uh, I can't really project Cole to move into the into the top ten, mm-hmm. much less finish there. You know, I, I think it's going to be a lot like Darlington last week, where it's just going to be start of the race, and all of those guys that are in bet that are better drivers are going to initially pass him, and he's going to just kind of get stuck hanging around in um, probably in the the fifteenth to twentieth position. Now, the thing working for Custer is. Like if if he gets all of that behind him and he's in his, he's in his game, Custer did really well at both Phoenix and New Hampshire. I mean, top tens in both races, and that was only with starting starting fifteenth. So, you know, you you could definitely make the make the make the case for some you know some some shares of, of Custer. Like if you're not going to play Di Benedetto or uh, Christopher Bell, you know, so so much that you could pivot to to Custer. And, and play him in tournaments. I don't have him listed as a tournament uh, play for myself, but if you guys wanted wanted to, you know, I, I definitely can see that. Uh, Four says, uh, do you like Ryan Newman this week? Oh, Newman. Uh, Newman, it, it, you look at his, his, his track history. I mean, it's, it's pretty good. And it's probably the best of all of these guys uh, down here. Reverse order, fifth, ninth, 15th, 37th, you know, so be it, but then third and seventh. So we're talking about four top 10 finishes out of, out of Newman. Um, those two finishes last year came for, for Roush Fenway. So, you know, in, in, in this equipment, he's done pretty well. You go to what he's done in this, in this package. We've only got one race to, to look at because he missed the Phoenix, the Phoenix race because, you know, he nearly died at Daytona. But when you, uh, when you look at, New Hampshire, he finished 21st. So Newman's, I, he's probably safe, but God, his, his floor could literally be finishing 30th. I think probably if you have interest in Newman, you're better off just moving up to Bubba. Uh, next up, uh, Dave says, what do you think is better, Kozlowski and Truex or Kozlowski and Kyle? Uh, yeah, Kez and, Kez and uh, Truex. I am. I, I've made the case why you should why you should fade Kyle earlier in the in, in the video, and I, I just can't I just can't with Bush this week. Matthew says he goes. I'm not sure on Kyle this week. Looked average last night and just didn't seem confident in his post race interview. Yeah, um, Kyle raced in the Xfinity Series la- race last night, and he you know he should have ran away with that with that race, but had a poor night. Wasn't a piss poor attitude after the after the race so you know maybe that's giving him some motivation but i I think he's just down on this on this weekend one because of what 2020 has been to him but also because he's missing uh, his crew chief adam alexander yeah it's it's always tough when you're talking about athletes and getting their comments right after a performance that they're not happy with because, you know, and I can just tell you this from, from interviewing fighters all the time. And, and like, I'll, I'll give you an example of this. Hunter Azure, who got a decision win um, two weeks ago. And right after the fight's over, he's doing the interview right backstage. I mean, literally, you know, five minutes after he wins the fight. And, you know, he's talking about how, you know, he's just upset with his performance. You know, happy he got the win. But then I talked to him about four days later. And he's like, you know, man, I had a chance to go back and watch the fight. And I did a lot better than I thought. And so it's this, it's kind of this weird dynamic. So I don't, I don't put a ton into that just because it's a, it's a heat of the moment type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Kyle's expectation every time that he suits up for a truck or expanded race is that he's going to win and he's going to dominate the, dominate the race. So when those, when those two uh, expectations don't meet, you should expect to see Kyle in a horrible attitude. That's the mentality you want though. Like. Yeah. I mean, like, like that's that's the whole thing is like you are your mentality is going to be I no matter whether you're starting first or last, you got to have that mentality of I'm the best damn driver out there and I'm going to win this race. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, There's no other way I can put it. That That's at least that's the way I look at it. 
you know, oh, yeah. it, it's like when I, when I hear someone say, oh, you know, a driver's got an ego. Of course he does. <laughs> Everyone has an ego. Yeah. You, you probably don't get to this stage without having one. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that is, that's spot on spot on. coming from radio. I'm going to tell you this right now. You walk to a radio station. There is not one person in there. That doesn't have a huge ego. I'm telling you <laughs> straight up. You know, I had a boss one time. He said, he goes, look, as long as you can check the ego and they can fit through a door frame, we can work. We can work. <laughs> that's, that's the way I look at it. Um, yep. you know, you, you, Matthew uh, asked about is Harvick a must play. Obviously, you've, you've made your, your point of why you personally don't like him in this spot. Yeah, um, I think playing the ownership, playing what he's done at, <coughs> at, at these day into night races, and then plus – you know, we didn't even didn't even bring this up. We have two races in our past six race data set where Harvick has been on the been on the pole. In fact, we can go back further, and Harvick has not been a legitimate dominator. The spring 2019 race, he started on the pole. He only led 31 laps, had 50 fastest laps. Now he finished fourth, but that definitely did not meet expectation for him. You go to the fall 2018 race, he started on the pole. Led 40 laps, had 34 fastest laps. He finished second. Yeah, he got you a high finish, but those dominator points definitely did not meet value. You go back to the spring 2016 race. He started on the pole a little bit better. 63 fastest laps, uh, 63 laps led 77 fastest laps, but and he finished fifth. But once again, you know, he failed to lead, you know, at least 25% or, or more of this race. And in the last two times, that he's been a pole sitter here, he's barely hit the the ten percent mark, you know, in just one of those one of those races. So we have some past data that says perhaps Harvick's just not suited to start out front at this track. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I mean, and I think that that's gonna be the thing is is if you're going to build your line of construction around Kevin Harvick. Because of his price point, what's that going to bring out for your entire, you know, roster? That that to me is kind of the big question mark. Yeah, you 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 need so much from him, especially on FanDuel at 14K. You need him to lead so many laps in order to to you know, we're, we're kind of looking at our dominators to hit that 80 to 100 point uh, fantasy point range on on DraftKings. You need him to do so much, and because of his price, it affects what you do with the rest of your roster. I will tell you, I just did dummy crunch. Didn't put anything. To, let me just see what it spits out. Kevin Harvick, hundred percent. God. <laughs> now, now, as I mentioned, like now what I will do in this case is I've got a dummy crunch. Now this is where I start bringing our ownership projections into it and start changing the exposure to kind of get, you know, and, and get, especially if you're playing 150 lineups, you know, um, I think if you're if you're the single lineup player, I mean, and I'm sure based on what we've heard from you today, Martin Truex Jr. would be the guy to, all right, put him in first, and then let's build everything else. Yep. Um, who would be number two on that list? I think because of the starting position, I'm going with Logano. Uh, Nick says, uh, "What's your favorite punt play?" Okay, if we're just talking in. The, the 6,000 and under range on DraftKings, it's it's probably McDowell because he saves you he saves you money. And we've seen in this tire package that you know he can he can easily finish where he where he started. And at 5,400, I mean that's that's what I need that just for him to start and finish around that range, and he'll he'll pay off more than everybody else around. Yeah, you know, Matt and, and Matthew says uh, he, he, you know, mentioned about Harvick saying he is a single entry player, and, and so I mean that, that I think that's that's always what you got to think about is are you single entry or you multiple entry player? Like you look about Michael McDowell, you mentioned him as a punt play. When you you say that, my initial thought is okay, let me go to ownership. Where is he put stacking in ownership, and is he the driver that has the highest salary, uh, highest ownership projection in comparison to salary, and he's not. There are drivers above him that mm-hmm. have a similar salary to him that have much higher ownership. Yeah, you know, and, that, and those are things in GPPs you got to look at. You yep. got to figure out exactly what you what you want to do there. Uh, 
Uh, final thing, Phil, uh, you know, of course, uh, let everyone know they can follow you, uh, follow you on social media. And of course, all the content right now you got up on awesome.com for tonight's race. Yep. Got our weekly preview, got the, the DraftKings uh, FanDuel article, got a Super Draft article up. Follow me on Twitter at Race Sheets. Hit me up with your questions, especially if you're in the NASCAR Slack chat. And hopefully we can make this a, a good night because fully expect the price pools to continue to decrease as the NFL season uh, goes on. Yeah, of course, uh, we got uh, a bunch of content today at awesomo.com. Come up here at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. It is on the contrary, as I'll be looking at the NFL slate for tomorrow. Then at 4 o'clock will be another stream going on. That'll be myself and Pete Rogers Jr. for the MMA Live Before Lock show. Also, we got MLB Live Before Lock and NBA Live Before Lock as well. So there's a ton of content today over at awesomo.com. So that's going to do it for this edition of the NASCAR DFS Strategy Show right here on awesomo.com. <laughs>